It's worth knowing what's really going on. This is the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Donald Trump has been indicted in Atlanta. We have so many court dockets to follow, but we haven't really seen anything yet. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution has covered every moment of this historic case. I've been writing about this investigation for two and a half years. Our team is led by reporters Bill Rankin and Tamar Hallerman. Follow our coverage on AJC.com and listen to new in-depth episodes of the award-winning podcast, Breakdown, the Trump Indictment, only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. You all can learn something new by subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's new newsletter called Unapologetically ATL. It's all about the people, the events, and the entertainment happening in Metro Atlanta that Black people might want to know about. So subscribe today at www.ajc.com slash unapologetically ATL. This is Access Atlanta, your weekly look at what's fun, entertaining, and educational in and around Atlanta. I'm your host, Shane Harrison. Stay tuned after the featured conversation for a look at what the AJC is bringing you this week, both online and in print. But first, we're going to talk about an Atlanta institution that's no longer with us. Priscilla, Macy's Pink Pig, had been a traditional holiday outing for many in Atlanta for more than 50 years. Macy's announced back in September that 2019 was the attraction's last year. After taking 2020 off because of the pandemic, Priscilla is retiring. It was a rite of passage for many youngsters. It started in downtown in 1953 as a monorail along the ceiling of Rich's department store. In 2003, it moved to Lenox Square. And though it's gone now, the memories remain, and we found a few folks to talk about what the Pink Pig meant to them. Bo Emerson is here to bring us that conversation. Welcome, Bo. Thanks, Shane. So uh, this is this was quite a blow to many people that uh, a holiday tradition for so long is uh, gone now. Well, it's uh, surprising how important it was uh, to folks in it, and it uh, it makes them sad. And I kind of can understand it because it's it is a a hundred percent Atlanta um, uh, creation, um, and uh, the even though it was not what you would call a thrilling ride, I don't know if you remember ever riding around in the Pink Pig, Shane, but it uh, it was it was something that that just became associated with with the holiday, and the holiday wasn't complete for a lot of people unless they got a chance to to ride around in it, at least or let their kids ride around in it. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, something that's been around for that long, I mean, since 1953, uh, they're bound to be tons of people who, who miss it now. Oh yeah. And, and we, we, uh, we put out a, a, a shout out to uh, people who might want to talk about their own memories about it. And we, we collected a, a handful of them to uh, chat with us on a zoom call about it. And uh, they, uh, they uh, uh, will share their reminiscences in, in just a minute here. Yeah, that's great. I, I just, I love, you know, anything that's so Atlanta centric and it's, it's such a historic part of, of many people's childhoods. And I'm sure that many people, uh, you know, they wrote it as a child and their children and even their grandchildren wrote it. Oh yeah. And in fact, uh, it was mentioned that um, uh, the, the question was raised where is the pig actually going to go? 
Um, and I'm not sure about the answer to that. Shane, you don't happen to know, do you? I don't, but uh, I think that's something that we'll have to investigate and see if we can find the answer to. It. All right, we're going to look. We're going to check that out. It might. It might be that the History Center has a has a has a new uh, resident there, a pink yeah. resident. Yeah, we'll we'll check with them and we'll we'll, uh, we'll report back and and let everyone know where the pink pig is because I imagine it would be quite an attraction, you know, just to go and see it. Right. Although not quite as thrilling and as exciting as riding around in it at one mile an hour. <laughs> That's true. That's true. All right. Well, um, does uh, do, do we need to introduce everyone or will they do that in the conversation? We'll, we'll introduce them in the conversation and uh, they come from all over. They come from Winder and Rome and Alpharetta and, and Buckhead. People drove a long way to go ride that pink pig and you'll, you'll find out when you get to hear from them. Awesome. Well, that's terrific. So uh, let's hear from some folks uh, with their memories of the Pink Pig. Thanks so much, Bo. Sure enough, Shane. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we have with us today a group of aficionados of the Pink Pig who have ridden it uh, through the years, put their children on it, their grandchildren, uh, and uh, have fond memories of now the now-vanished tradition that probably only existed in Atlanta. I don't know if anybody else had a pink pig, but I thought I would uh, uh, let Tommy Jennings start off and tell us about his own experiences with the pink pig for, uh, coming all the way in from Winder, Georgia to check it out. Uh, so introduce yourself, Tommy. I will. My name is Tommy Jennings. Um, I am at least a fifth generation Winderite, um, which used to be out in the, the, uh, the hinterlands of Northeast Georgia. Now we're almost a suburb. Um, but um, I am uh, I am a, an, a, an aficionado of the Pink Pig. I can recall first time ridership that uh, my mother would take us to. Not sure if my dad came also, but um, uh, she would take us to Riches. And I recall the fir first couple of years that we went, the Pink Pig was actually suspended from the ceiling, and um, it was such an exciting time to ride. And um, to look down on the uh, toy section there at Riches and kind of spot what uh, what I had my eye on for Christmas. Um, and I think my mother would ride with me um, and then maybe, or maybe later on, it would just be my younger brother and I, but um, we would spot all of the Christmas gifts. And of course, when we got off the Pink Pig, uh, you couldn't shut us up for us talking about all the things we saw. So it was a wonderful experience. I still recall riding it um, uh, after it was outside. Um, I think I rode it once, but then I remember riding it outside with my own children. Um, but um, the times that I recall when I was a child and riding the Pink Pig was an experience like no other, especially for an eight-year-old. And now, uh, Joy Bolt, tell us about your experiences riding the Pink Pig. I think you also introduced it to uh, succeeding generations as well. Yeah, for me, um, my birthday is very close to Christmas. So um, that was sort of tied into the whole celebration of Christmas. But going to ride the Pink Pig was a big deal. I grew up in Alpharetta. And so, you know, that was a, a big trip to go all the way to town to do that. But my family was a Riches family. Uh, my grandmother worked at Riches, like so many folks in Atlanta did. And so that was, I think, part of why mom would take us down there. And my brothers were a 
good bit older than me, about like 12 and 15 years older than I am. And so they were usually drafted to go with me and mom to go see Santa and ride the pink pig. Um, my dad worked at night, so the brothers went and we would go down there. And when I was a child, I now by the time I came along to ride it, it was outside on the roof. Um, like Tommy, my brothers remember riding it in the toy department, which, which sounded really, really cool. Um, but my brothers would go and it was funny. My mom was a very small woman, but for some reason she made my brothers go ride it with me. So they kind of had to fold up. I didn't remember it being that small, um, until I went as an adult. And like you said, taking, you know, a niece or a nephew down there to ride it. Um, but one of my fondest memories is like I said, it was tied into my birthday in my head um, for my fifth birthday because birthdays with fives and zeros are big in our family. Uh, my mother, bless her heart, loaded up um, several children from my kindergarten class um, in the car, drove all the way to Atlanta one morning for breakfast with Santa. And so we got to have breakfast with Santa Claus and the legend is, is that the breakfast was, and my mom didn't know the menu before she set this up, was chocolate donuts, cocoa puffs, and chocolate milk. So, <laughs> so my mom had a, a load of children in her car that were hyped up on sugar and chocolate who had seen Santa and rode the pink pig out on the roof. Um, I don't know how she survived that. And, you know, we didn't do that again, ever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we went back to to going to visit Santa in the evening um and and that was the cool thing because it was out on the roof so you got to see the base of the great tree um and I remember in my memory um they even had when we went for breakfast with Santa they even had reindeer some reindeer out on the roof some live reindeer um so you were riding and I think other animals were out there but of course the reindeer is what impressed me as a child but yeah it was the sticker was a uh, was a big deal and apparently it was not just a paper sticker it was it was a fabric sticker that last and last and uh, I think Ellen McMeekin you have some memories about the about the pink pig tell us where you are and where you were back then okay I live in Rome Georgia which is about 60 miles north of Atlanta and uh, my memories, my nephew was born in 1974. So when he was little, he was an only child, only grandchild, only nephew. So we all had to go and watch him ride the pink pig. And if my memory serves me correct, it was outside. And uh, we, all, we all rode it. And I just remember it was such a tight space. I felt like we were cramped in there. And... Even as an adult, I thought, oh, God, this is scary being out on the roof. It just I remember that, that it was scary. And then, of course, uh, when he had a daughter, we went to uh, Lenox and uh, rode the Pink Pig there. And it was a whole different experience. But in Ireland, it was magical, magical for the children, just wonderful as a family. We uh, when it moved to Lenox, we went the. Uh, Sunday after Thanksgiving and of course we would have lunch so and she was an only child too so again everybody went grandparents all of us so uh, we just had a great experience and uh, as I said it was magical. 
Well, and uh, Jane Phillips, you uh, uh, have the distinction of having ridden the very last ride on the Pink Pig when it left uh, Riches and, and uh, just before it went to the Festival of Trees. Tell us about your association with Riches and tell us about that time. Okay. Um, uh, my husband and I moved here from Boston. Uh, he was from Hampton, Georgia, and I was from Kentucky, but um, his first job was in Atlanta. So we took that over some other cities. And um, I um, initially um, applied to Saks to work, and that was pretty awful. So I quit after a week and called Riches and said, I want to come. And they said, fine. So I was at Lenox. And I wanted to get into the buying program because I'd been in the buying program for Jordan Marsh, Boston, New York. So I got in the buying program, got downtown, got to be a buyer, got to be a merchandise manager over the buyers. And um, I was just perfectly happy out at uh, Lenox, uh, managing Lenox. And I got called downtown and told that I had to basically uh, go downtown and be the downtown store manager. And um, I had, that made no sense to me whatsoever, but, you know, I'd been there a long time. So I went downtown in 1989 and I got downtown a few weeks later, I was called into another meeting and the meeting there said, uh, we have to tell you something. Um, we are closing the downtown store and you are going to close the downtown store and be in charge of it. And I said, well, I just can't. I've been here my practically my whole retail career. How's that gonna work? Well, we're gonna bring in 500 temporary laborers and we're gonna clear out every piece of merchandise we ever, ever, ever wanted, didn't want in any store and ship it to you downtown and you're gonna clear it. And so the pink pig was on the roof and so people were, were riding it and then they shut it down. And then my managers and I all got on different cars on the pig and rode the pig. And then from there, um, the store closed in July of 1991 and the pig went to the Eggleston Festival of Trees. And that was the end of the downtown store pig. You know, that's that's. Just a terrible, sad memory, isn't it? It was terrible because we um, had to close the store in the middle of a day. Um, and the chairman and I, um, the chairman called me and said, meet me on the main floor. We got to call a store-wide meeting, but we have to get the customers out. I said, well, how are you going to do that? And he said, we'll just do the best we can. So we went down, called, called all the uh, sales associates. We couldn't get the customers out of the store, so they came to the meeting. And he announced that we were closing the downtown Riches store. Well, people screamed. They cried. People, uh, customers hugged one of my shoe salesmen so much. She was a, an elderly little lady. They hugged her so hard that they cracked her ribs. And... Um, we also, you know, there were all kinds of ramifications. We had, we, I, I had to have a lock put on my door. I had to have my car parked in secured parking because um, the executives believed that I could be headed for death threats 
which I was. The city of Atlanta people, uh, I was the one that closed the downtown, was closing the downtown store. So you were the bad guy. I was the bad guy. But that's terrible. I, I had worked for them for so long, they thought if somebody closed the downtown store that had years of, of riches uh, experience, that it wouldn't be as bad for me as it would be for a newcomer. So that's what we did. And then I told you my son went to the Festival of Trees to work the pig until that little boy threw up on him. And then he stopped <laughs> working at the Eggleston Festival because he did not enjoy having a kid throw up on him. Well, and then, of course, know... I did go to, um, they had a reception for us at the Bremen uh, History Museum. And um, so I went there and they had all kinds of displays and everything. And um, the Rich Foundation really did a lot of good things for the city and continues. It still continues to have its name on a lot. Okay, we're going to take a quick break right now uh, and we will be right back in just a minute. And now we are back talking about the Pink Pig, a fantastic, uh, unique creature that was a harbinger of Christmas for more than 60 years here in Atlanta. And we're talking with a group of folks who remember the pig from many years ago. Well, you know, uh, if, if people in a store start crying uh, when, they, when they tell the people in the store that store is closing, you know how much riches to Atlanta. Um, and uh, uh, Phil Stovall, I think uh, you were on this call too, as an Atlantan, you probably uh, uh, you probably remember what that was like. Rebecca, my wife, is also a native Atlantan. My older brother's sister don't allow me to claim being a native Atlantan because I was a Korean War baby born down in Key West, and they remember being stuck down there. And back then, what they remember at Key West was being dredging, so it sort of stunk. So, but. Anyway, the rest of the family is all my, my parents, native Atlantans. But we used to drive at Christmas time, especially. Um, this was before they had expressways. And so you would, my father's parents were on South Gordon and we were in Buckhead. And so we would drive down there. And uh, usually, especially coming back from Christmas, we'd drive under the bridge to see the, the Christmas tree. Um, but the remembers about the pink pig was um, I had an old brother, an older sister. Later, my younger had a younger brother later on, but I don't remember if he went on the, when it was still riding above the, the, the monorail. The monorail. But they converted. You know, the toy section was small until Christmas time, and at Christmas time, they took over the entire uh, floor up there, and you you know went up and rode on the which was creaky even back then. Uh, it was real rattle roll. Had cages on it so you couldn't stick your head out, but you um, could see all the toys down below. And we, when we got off of there, we were all off running down to try to figure out which aisle had the toys that we had spied from above. And um, as far as the, the missing of riches, the answer to your question about now, riches, as far as closing, Rebecca's more on tune with that because that was more important to her than me. But um, that was awful when they closed. 
besides the pink, they were closing the pink pig. It was terrible. My mother had to no longer have her account with riches where I could go in and say, oh, charge it to my mother. And they would charge it to her. <laughs> yes. But the pink pig was the best thing. Wow. Well, it, and now, of course, the, the pig then was uh, reincarnated at, at, uh, at uh, the Eggleston Festival of Trees and then moved up to Lenox and, uh, and rode around uh, uh, in a tent at Macy's uh, for a while. Um, and uh, the, uh, but the, the, last, uh, the last appearance of the pig, and that, tell me if I'm wrong here, Jane, but there are actually two pigs, Priscilla and Percival. Is that right? That's right. And, and the last uh, appearance was, uh, was back in 2019. The, the pig was canceled for 2020. So uh, uh, we didn't learn until just in September that, uh, that Priscilla and Percival will not be back again. Yeah. And but I think, I gonna... you know, if they had, I guess they didn't know back in 2019 that they were going to stop the pig because right. they could have had umpteen million people come and ride the pig. And I'm somewhat surprised that, that um, they hadn't planned that further out. Well, uh, you know, all good things uh, come to an end, but it's pretty amazing that Atlanta has a, a tradition created by, by riches, but, um, but sustained by a whole lot of people who really enjoy it, that you're not going to find this thing anywhere else. Now, I was going to uh, throw this open to anybody who has any questions uh, about, uh, about riding on a pink pig. Um, I, I had a question, which was that the pig, when it was inside, hanging from a monorail in the toy department, uh, what sort of an engine drove it? And did that it produce any form of exhaust that was uh, didn't matter. to the interior of the store? <laughs> no, not not back then. It didn't matter. No, and, it, and I it, think everything was on that uh, through the um, hookup above it. All the power was through that what it was on that rail, which I uh -huh. guess was electricity. Yeah, All right. Of course, as as uh, kids back then, we cared not about exhaust <laughs> or motors. Only thing we cared about was when it was going to start and how long it was gonna run just so we could see everything. Um, you know, we had one track mines and that track was, was laid on the pink pig. And, and then everybody had to eat at the Magnolia Room before <laughs> or after they rode on the pig. Grandmother used to take me to the Magnolia Room. That was a mother daughter thing. Yeah. My mom never took the boys to this. She took my, daughter, my <laughs> sister to the Magnolia Room to the team. But yeah. they never took the guys to there. It wasn't just a mother-daughter. <laughs> it was for some families. White gloves, your hat, and your Sunday best. Well, it wasn't just a mother-daughter thing. Because my mother took my brother and I, and um, we, you know, some people enjoy it. We endured it. Um, and, and I know maybe there were, used to be some birds in a cage in there in the middle if i'm not mistaken and it could be somewhere else but i was thinking that was the magnolia room but whatever it was you know we we had to mind our manners we had to sit up straight we had to 
to use a napkin. So for us two boys, it was not the most pleasant experience. So, you know, it was either before or after when we got to the pink pig, but whichever it was, it was not too soon that we couldn't get out of there. During the um, later years, um, the mag, we called it the mag room. Um, that was one of the um, restaurants that the NAACP or SCLC uh, integrated. And um, that, that was not a big deal. Uh, they integrated the mag room and the men's grill downstairs in the basement. And um, it, was, it was not a great deal. As a matter of fact, uh, one of the people that was uh, the party that integrated the mag room ended up as one of my assistant buyers many years later. She was on the city council. Richards has been uh, uh, at, the, at the middle of a lot of events in Atlanta, and uh, th it's a shame to see uh, this, uh, uh, this very strange but wonderful uh, tradition go away. I don't know whether they've decided where they will keep the pig um, and whether it will be enshrined in the history center or some other place. I would imagine it's possible it could, it could reappear somewhere uh, maybe, uh, um, you know, a, in some uh, amusement park somewhere in a, in, a, in a millionaire's backyard or something like that. But I want to say uh, Tommy Jennings and Joy Bolt and Jane Phillips and Ellen McMeekin and Phil Stovall and Rebecca Stovall. I appreciate you all uh, coming out to talk about uh, the pig and, and uh, uh, helping, helping the rest of us reminisce about it a little bit. I really enjoy talking to you all. My pleasure. It was fun. Thank you, Thank you for having us. Whenever that pig does yes. reappear, she's ready. She's got some more grandchildren on the way. I have more grandchildren to take. Four out of the five so far. The, and I understand you could tell the difference between Priscilla and Percival because Priscilla had long eyelashes. Is that correct? Yeah. Oh, and um, I also wanted to tell you, Bo, that the new book about riches it yes. has been written by Jeff Clemens. Mm -hmm. And it's um, paperback in, at Barnes and Noble. And what's it called? Riches, a story of, of the South or something like that, but it's riches. And then it has a right. story of something behind it. We're going to look for that. Hopefully the pink pig makes an appearance in there. Yes, I would think. I, th I think the pigs were going to the history center. Oh, uh, that's good. Just the two, you know, just the two lead, lead ones. That's what I, th I thought that the front, the front piece of the original monorail style pig went to the Atlanta History Center, I thought. Okay, that's interesting. I'm I glad. thought. I'm not 100% sure. But I, I, I thought, that's what I, I feel I, like I remember. It, it probably should have gone to the Jewish Museum because they, they because the Jewish organizations uh, spent so much money um, helping everything because uh, of Dick Rich and, and his family. Well, the the uh, if one place or the other, it'd be great to great yeah. to see the pink faces survive somehow. Well, I appreciate it, you all. Take take care and have a have a fantastic Thanksgiving. And uh, if, if if we can't ride on a pig, uh, we can at least uh, see the season in happily. Uh, and y'all have a good time. Thank, Thank you. you for having Thank us. You. Happy Thanks, Thanksgiving Bye. to you all. Bye. Sure enough. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye now. Experts have long held that social media use negatively impacts young people's mental health. 
and so recent revelations by former Facebook product manager Francis Haugen might not have come as a surprise. Despite a lot of claims to the contrary, however, there doesn't appear to be clear evidence for harm, said Chris Ferguson, a psychology professor at Stetson University. A recent meta-analysis of several research studies concluded that screen use, including social media, was not a predictor of mental health outcomes. Find out more in our story on AJC.com. If you're a theatergoer who wants to go walking in a winter wonderland, or the closest you can come to it in a city where every sled is gridlocked on a 70-degree fall day, it's hard to top the Center for Puppetry Arts. Now through January 2nd, the Midtown Funhouse has been transformed into Christmas Town, with giant snowflakes dangling from its atrium ceiling, multiple Christmas trees sparkling with lights, and gift-wrapped presents stacked high. Read about Christmas Town and the center's production of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer in a story from our partners at Arts ATL. You'll find it at AJC.com. Over the years, Bravo viewers watched Portia Williams on The Real Housewives of Atlanta from different vantage points. Submissive wife, independent entrepreneur, mother, and social justice warrior. But as her new memoir, The Pursuit of Portia, reveals, Williams, the granddaughter of civil rights legend Hosea Williams, is far more than what is shown in the confines of a reality TV show. Read Rodney Ho's interview with Williams on AJC.com. For more things to do in and around Atlanta, go to AJC.com. The podcast is edited by Tyson Horn. The theme music is by Bo Emerson and Billy Guen, and I'm your host, Shane Harrison. Join us next week for more Access Atlanta. Thank you.